Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now in Elijah's time, the worship of Baal was beginning to be more prevalent than the worship of the one true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Even all of God's faithful people were following after the God of Baal. The worship of the triune God is becoming less and less prevalent in our day as well. People are accustomed nowadays to dabbling in many different religions and denominations. We look for whatever works instead of what is true. The same thing was going on when Elijah addressed the people of Israel. He said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, you should follow him. But if Baal, then go ahead and follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. I think they were surprised that he actually called them out on this. It's almost as if the people were afraid to speak. They felt guilty because they knew that the Lord, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit had delivered them from the hands of slavery. And yet, they were serving Baal. Sometimes we feel guilty too. We know Jesus has saved us from our sins, yet we often fall back into those sins. We too would have been afraid to speak if we were confronted in such a manner. We know that we are guilty of setting our hearts on the things of this world rather than the creator of this world. Elijah spoke up again. He said, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets, they're 450 now. You see what happened here? All of the former prophets, or we call them the pastors, they had switched over to offering Baal worship because of its popularity with the people. The preachers were giving the people what they wanted instead of giving them God's word that they needed. Elijah continued, Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and I will prepare the other. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And the prophets of Baal, they went along with this. And they put on a big show as they cried for fire. They danced around the altar and tried to convince Baal to listen to them. And as they danced, Elijah mocked them. He said, it will cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself. Or maybe he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. Elijah was not very politically correct, (laughs) according to our standards. He had the audacity to suggest that their God 
was in the bathroom. Therefore, he could not respond to his loyal subjects. I can't imagine that dialogue going down today. <laughs> well, the prophets of, the, of Baal decided to pray harder, worship harder, and be more sincere in order to prove Elijah wrong. And they cried aloud and they actually cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood was actually gushing out of them. And as midday passed, they raved until the time of the offering of oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Baal was false. He promised everything, but he delivered nothing. Kind of like the things of this world. These prophets were giving everything they had to something that delivered nothing. Have you ever given everything you have to something that delivers nothing? The things of this world, if they satisfy it all, they soon leave us wanting more. And nothing in this world can rescue us from death and hell. Like Baal, these things are that our flesh covets. We like them so much because they promise us what we want. But they only take. They don't give. Our readings from Galatians let us know that the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Who do all of these things put first? They think, me first. When a person is thinking sexually impure things, they're thinking, me first. When a person is jealous, me first. Like the prophets of Baal, we give, give, give to our sinful desires. Yet no matter how much time, how much money, how much devotion we give these things, they're really silent and they pay us no attention. Yet they continue to take. Now you might be thinking, well, that's true, I guess, but sometimes I pray to Jesus and he doesn't listen either. Let's take a look at that. After Elijah waited for the prophets of Baal to do their thing, he stepped up and he addressed the crowd. Then he appeared, he prepared the altar and he doused the altar with water. Then in a simple voice, stark contrast to the prophets of Baal, in a simple voice, he says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all of these things at your word. 
Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And then the fire of the Lord fell, and it consumed the burnt offerings, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And this had a profound effect. (laughs) It changed the people's minds. And they went after those false prophets and they killed them. To make a very long story short, because of the killed prophets, there was now a death warrant on Elijah. And now this man, who seemed so confident and fearless, was now in a situation where he felt vulnerable and afraid. Have you ever gone from courage to confidence? I meant courage and confidence (laughs) to fear. What do you do when that happens? Let's see what Elijah did. The Bible says that then he was afraid and he arose and he ran for his life. He came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he would die. What happened to the confident man of God? He saw God do great things for the people of Israel. Elijah was confident that God would send Jesus to save the world for their sins. He gave prophecies saying as much. But he was not confident that he was worth saving. So he ran away, trying to save himself. Have you ever tried to save yourself? I have. And every time I run away from the things that trouble me in this life, I don't run towards God. I run towards the wilderness of sin. That's what Elijah did. Sin is running away from trust in God and running towards some other answer. Our Galatian readings mentions all sorts of other answers. Uh, sexual immorality, drunkenness, and jealousy, to name a few. And I'm sure that you can name a couple of other shelters that you would seek. And whenever you get afraid or anxious about your place in this world, chances are, if you're like me and others, you're, or like Elijah even, you run to those places. Elijah couldn't see any place to run. He was in the wilderness already and he had nothing. So he just wanted to die. He wanted to escape. Have you ever felt that way? You feel all alone like there's nothing worth living for. And you think that death would solve your problems. Some feel this more intense than others, but the truth is we all 
understand where Elijah is at in one way or another. And we've all asked the question, is it worth it or not? Elijah finally said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. I'm no better than my father's. Then he laid down and he slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Elijah wanted to sleep, he wanted to die. But the angel of the Lord, whom is Jesus, before he took on our flesh, he gave Elijah the strength to carry on. He did this with food from God. With that food, he brought Elijah to the mountain where he spoke to him. Not with wind, earthquakes, or fire, no, to the place where he he would speak to Elijah in the still small voice of his word. And this word let Elijah know that he was not alone. There were other believers who had suffered just like him. And not only this, but God gave Elisha to him, a, a fellow friend in the fight. And Elisha was a prophet in training who could encourage Elijah along the way. And the amazing thing about what happened in Elijah's life is that it happens in our lives. Sometimes we're confident in God and we can stand up and give a great apologetic to how what God has done in our lives. And sometimes we are not. Sometimes we run from our problems into the wilderness of sin. Sometimes we want to run so far that we forget who we are. I guess more than that, we forget whose we are. But look what happened here. God came after Elijah. Through his son Jesus, he did not let him go. How far away have you run? How far have you journeyed into the wilderness of sin? Never mind if you used to be confident or not. Where are you today? God comes to you through Jesus. And in him, he answers your prayer. Not with big shows of fire, Not with wind or an earthquake, but with the still, small voice of his word. He answers your needs over and above your wants. Listen to God's word this morning. It tells you what true love is. This is love, not that we've loved God. You know what, if it all depended on Elijah and his faithfulness, what he deserved was death. 
but it depended on God's word and his promise. The same word and promise that Elijah had spoken a number of times before. That is why the scriptures say, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He sent him to Elijah, he sends him to you. My friends, Jesus is God's answer to your prayers. Jesus is the food that rescues us after we've ran into the desert of sin. Jesus is the still small voice that we hear when we read God's word or listen to sermons. Jesus is the one who gives us the church that lets us know we're not the only ones here. Jesus is the one who loves us and gives us life, even if all that we deserve is death. If you want to hear the still small voice of God, read the scriptures and look to the cross of Jesus. For on that tree, the King of glory died. Now listen to that still small voice from that cross that says, Nothing can separate me from you. Not life, not death, not anything in all of creation. I love you, and I have come to forgive you. I've come to forgive you for even that sin that you run after. Not only do I forgive you through my death and my burial, I have risen from the dead. You may have life in my name. And St. Paul writes this, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Why? For freedom. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I pray that you take St. Paul's charge. And if you need help to stand firm in your freedom, I pray that God would give you that strength to seek help by his grace. God gave Elijah helpers, and he will give you the same. Remember, no matter how good things get, no matter how bad things get, God is there with you through his son. And remember that all the time, even those times when you are faithless, like Elijah was, God is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. He answers our prayers through the cross of Jesus, and he always gives us what we need. Not always what we want, but what we need. He gives us life in the place of death. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.